0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back into to Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today?
1: I am doing just fine. Uh, how about our big news about fellow alum, Roman Harper? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh,
0: I do lo- love that news, but before we get into that, just like always, you have stepped on the toes of our sponsors once again. <sighs> today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Also want to thank the good people of Rock Auto. Uh, they are also a new sponsor as well. But Built Bar is the key sponsor today, BuiltBar.com. Yeah, let's lead off with that since you um, – yeah, we so clumsily led into back, it.
1: <laughs> back to the sponsors. They kick ass. Those Built Bars are good. Hey, but do this. When you order your auto part, be sure to do this. Don't eat the auto part. Eat the Built Bar. It's delicious and is good protein. Use the auto part actually in your car because if you, Built Bar is pretty awesome, but if you try to use it as, for instance, a carburetor, it won't work.
0: That's damn good advice, once again, from you. I think so. Um, I think so. That's, that's
1: top-of-the-line stuff there.
0: I would say, though, that the car parts might have more iron. But
1: I'm – okay.
0: Uh you, uh, yeah, our buddy Roman Harper um,
1: is uh, is going to be joining the SEC Network. That's awesome. Yeah, joining uh, – he will be on SEC Nation on Saturday mornings. It's not accurate, I guess, to, just to say literally that he's replacing Marcus Spears. But, but Marcus Spears – Spears and Feinbaum are leaving, and Jordan Rogers and Roman Harper are in. Uh, so I, I'm not sure who's replacing Paul and who's replacing Marcus, but but regardless of that fact, Roman Harper uh will be on SEC Nation uh in Saturdays. And and uh I've met Roman um two or three occasions. Uh nicest guy. I mean, nice guy, super smart, great player, great family guy. Uh Nothing that's just not to love about Roman.
0: When did he start getting gray hair? Because he got gray hair like in college.
1: This is why me and him are like, we're like brothers. I mean, yeah. I, I started getting gray hair when I was about 28. And then I was pretty much graded in my mid thirties and now I'm 50, you know. But so Roman, if Roman was behind me, it wasn't by much. But uh, yeah, I mean... The way I look at it is, imagine how more quickly he had gray hair if he'd actually played for Saban. He he saw my friend and played for Shula and still had gray hair. Imagine playing for Nick. He'd have been 100% gray the night he walked across the stage and and, and hugged Goodell.
0: Yeah, but uh, first of all, we don't know the effects of deer antler spray on gray hair. Could have helped. Number two, I'm going to say that I don't know if I can say this for Roman. I can certainly say it for me. Any Body that played under Shula
1: gave me gray hair. So it's
0: um, <laughs> just by the mere fact that Shula. I'm just saying crazy. it was no
1: stress. I'm just saying it was low stress, low stress. Well, I mean, Maybe again, for the fans I, it was stressful.
0: Yeah, I think Shula was kind of a – he didn't – I don't think he's a like high on stress kind of guy, you know. And and yeah. it, it reflected that in his quarterback play, you know, his big comebacks against uh, Georgia and Auburn and Iron Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know – um, I think it also that came to fruition. I don't remember him getting ever really getting upset in a football. Yeah, game. very few like every, times
1: if ever, Very yeah, very few times if ever. And it seemed almost manufactured when he would.
0: No, congrats to our buddy Roman Harper. Um, I've had the the great pleasure of meeting him a couple of times myself, and he really is cool. I mean, he's really, really a good guy. He deserves this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know what's interesting? I heard Sean Alexander interviewed for this spot. Uh, so I know I, I believe Sean interviewed. They went with Roman Harper. They probably interviewed several several former players around the league were probably interviewed. And what's interesting from an Alabama standpoint is that Roman ends up with the gig, and Sean is probably a little more famous, uh, you know, than Roman. So I think there's a good chance that Roman got this gig because he just uh, he just did the best in terms of a presentation. You'd have to audition. Probably do several different, you know, audition stand-in spots, and and and, and you know, and, and put on the suit and get to the anchor desk and do a story. And I'm assuming he was uh, chosen because he was the best one. Now, interesting that the SEC nation uh, lineup is made up of Laura Rutledge, Florida Gator, but married to a Bammer, uh, Tim Tebow, Florida Gator, almost became a Bammer, Roman Harper, former Bammer. And Jordan Rogers, Vanderbilt, which probably uh, the the, the surprise that anyone from Vanderbilt will be up there. But uh, I would say Jordan Rogers and Jay Cutler would be your your more famous Vandy alums of recent vintage.
0: Yeah, and I think people are going to be really happy with him. Uh, Honestly, I bet you when it was announced Roman Harper got that gig, there are going to be a few people who aren't Alabama or SEC diehards. The Alabama fans are SEC diehards that go. Okay, now who is that again?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, he needs to be good for that reason. You're right; he doesn't have great name recognition if you're not an Alabama fan.
0: And you know, though, I, I, I immediately when it was announced, the first thing I thought was they're going to show ad nauseum the the fumble against Tennessee uh, that he caused it, it, to to give Alabama a chance to win that game, right? Don't you think? Over well, that's the, immediate,
1: that's the immediate Alabama play that comes by. He literally saved the Tennessee game with a great tackle and saved the game. And Alabama beat Tennessee at a time Alabama was ranked highly and still putting together an, an undefeated season. Uh, and then he had several big plays in the NFL. He's a very, very good player in the NFL for the Saints and the Panthers. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, an all-star player in both places. Uh, but, yeah, that's the Alabama play everybody – Everybody remembers. What, what. Another thing I remember about him is he signed in the Fran class that was one of the great recruiting classes in Alabama history for one reason. Uh, it, it, not that it measures up to these saving groups, but Fran signed basically an entire class of sleepers. There were very few guys in that class that That's were true. highly recruited because Alabama was just, just sanctioned to death by the NCA. So you really couldn't sign big-time players. They didn't want to jump on that sinking ship. So Fran goes out and signs – basically a collection of three stars and his evaluations that year were just dead on. I mean, Roman, Roman's best offer was like Troy. <laughs> he yeah. comes to Alabama as an old sec player, uh, Anthony Madison, Mark Anderson, Charlie Pepra. These were all guys in, in that, in that one group. And like, none of them were D'Amico Ryan's like, none of them were regarded yeah. highly at all. And, and then several of them end up being really good NFL players, you know, not just good at Alabama, but good in the pros. So Fran had his issues at Alabama and Fran wasn't great for Alabama, but when Fran was kind of locked in and, and then trying to build it here uh, he did, he he was very organized and made some, some good decisions. It's hard to, to find NFL players among those three stars and, He had a pretty good batting average. I guess that's how he won at TCU is because he had been finding guys like that uh, at TCU, and that's how he was winning there.
0: Well, the other way to look at that, though, is if you sign nothing but three stars at Alabama, you're bound to find some that will end up in the NFL because by definition, (laughs) if you're at Alabama or or Texas A&M or something like that, you're going to get a better look than, say, a, a guy that, that is at some smaller college, especially in those times when I know that, yeah, the internet was certainly alive and well, but things are so much different now. Um, right. it's bananas. Uh, yeah, there's a Jimmy- three
1: star today. It's not related to Alabama, but as you know, we talk about this all the time, but I, I watch a, a bunch of film in February of in-state guys, 50, 60 guys and rank them on Crimson country club. And I, I just do one ranking about the next crop of in-state guys basing nothing on junior film. I don't go to their prospect pages. I don't really see who has offers though. I mean, a few guys are going to be famous enough to already know who they are. And, and, and that there is a lot of buzz around them, but I watched 50, 60 kids. And one of the guys that impressed the heck out of me that I'd never heard of until I watched his tape. And then I'm like, man, this kid is good. He's a corner from Gardendale named Justin parks. And I think he's great. He committed the day to Arkansas state. And, uh, which shows a couple of things. Number one, uh, did, did I overrate him? Probably so. I mean, I felt he was an SEC player. On the other hand, Arkansas State is, is the best or second-best program in the Sun Belt. They have players drafted every year. Uh, just watch them play. They're, they're the biggest, fastest, you know, most athletic team in the Sun Belt, along with Louisiana, Lafayette. Um, I think Justin Parks is going to do great there, and, and, and maybe three years from now when we're looking around it the nation's all-star players were like, hey, check this out. This DB at Arkansas State's actually from Birmingham. <laughs> I think he's great. So congratulations that he's going to end up playing uh, Division I football. A scholarship to play any Division One football is a big deal.
0: And, you know, speaking of Birmingham, I think Birmingham is actually called the built bar city. I'm not sure if it is. I just, I think I just called it that, but I guess technically I'm not lying. Um, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED ON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's, you can beat an egg, you can beat a bush, you can't beat that deal right there. $10 off your first order. And they have so many delicious flavors. We talk about it all the time. Like I really enjoy that pineapple upside down cake, but they've got, all kind of double chocolate, triple chocolate, quadruple chocolate, all this other stuff going on. Um, It's absolutely delicious stuff. Jimmy and I are not kidding. We kid all the time. We're not kidding about Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. It's like Built Bar saying, here, we don't want this $10. You have it. And have some of our delicious Built Bars at the same time. And you'll be like, oh, thanks, Built Bar. And then you'll, you'll start exchanging Christmas gifts with them they're great people folks you just gotta try it.
1: folks you just gotta try it. just just try
0: it all right, so Jimmy, moving on um speaking of uh covid, which we weren't but everybody else is um apparently roughly twenty three players at Clemson tested positive for coronavirus, over thirty tested positive. <laughs> for LSU. Um, and they can trace a lot of that back to a, a party that, that a lot of these guys attended. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Again, these numbers to me seem a lot more realistic than uh, what the numbers that first came out. Like when Alabama first came out and they said five players tested positive, I was like, uh, you and I are even on the podcast, this is incredibly good news. Uh, right. And now a few more players have been te- have tested positive. And, you know, I think it's going to end up being that every college team has roughly 20 to 40 players test positive. That's what I'm thinking. And so if your if your team doesn't have 20 or 40 yet, 20 to 40 yet, they will. And the problem is, if we do kick the season off um, and your, your players start testing positive in the middle of the season, then what? But right. now I don't know if I'm right about this or not. But I assume if you've had it, you have the antibodies for it. If you've had it and you survive it, then you don't get it again. But I now I watched the news last night. and That's not true. I don't. I don't know conflicting what's
1: true. conflicting. So- I mean, I, I just saying what I've read in real journals, not internet posts, like real real stories from real you know doctors. Uh, there's there's conflicting science. Uh, they're not that that question is not settled. Um, it, it, I, I would say, based on all available information, it seems to me that most likely, if you've had it, you're unlikely to get it again. But there are examples. There are examples. And, and while they seem to be somewhat rare, uh, people have had, people have been diagnosed positive twice and sick as hell both times. Uh, it has happened. Maybe, maybe it's a different strain, um, or maybe there was something wrong with your test. Or maybe this is just going to be one of those viruses where the body just doesn't produce enough antibodies to fight it off when you're exposed again. So I don't I don't think it's settled. But uh, but, yeah, I think if you've had it, I think, you know, the chances aren't good you'll get it again.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And so that's why I think, again, if I'm an LSU fan, I'm like, yeah, it sucks on the front end, but I'd rather go ahead and knock this out. Uh, right. as best I can from this this team of incredible athletes we have. So in the end, I think the the winners in here may be the LSUs and the and the Clemsons and, and maybe the Alabamas that have their their numbers have been pumped up a little bit, it seems like. Um not necessarily I'm not saying pumped up in a good way. I'm just saying that if if that is true, that you get it and then you're done with it. Um mm-hmm. and if and again, there's no better place for you to be if if you're gonna get it then at, at one of these gigantic universities that have this incredible healthcare, uh, then, then yeah, go ahead and knock it out. And I think we're all resigned to the fact that while you and I have said a few times, I know we've said it a few times in the podcast. I didn't know anybody who'd had it until recently. Now I've known a couple of people, but, um, they've all sort of told me the same thing. It was flu-like symptoms and they got over it, but I haven't known anybody say in that had a pre-existing condition that may preclude them from getting better quickly. Again, this is a deadly virus. I understand that it's a horrible thing. I understand that. Uh, at the same time, I'm also resigned to the fact that, Hey, about half our football team is probably going to get it. And, um, so if they're going to get it, they might as well go ahead and get it and be done with it. I suppose that's the only way you can look at it with a silver lining, right?
1: Let's just remember that uh, while the kids themselves may be asymptomatic or not very sick, uh, that we surround them. These players are surrounded by staff that's older, coaches, trainers, managers, professors, university personnel, the cafeteria workers. The, these may not be 19-year-olds that are perfectly healthy and, and and just fight this virus off easily to say nothing in the games when, when, when we're surrounding these 22 young athletes with uh, ref, with referees who tend to be older and and. <laughs> and uh, obviously don't see well. Can we call that a pre-existing injury or pre-existing illness? Uh, these older refs that, that have poor vision. So, uh, you know, it's not just, you know, it's not just those players that we have to worry about. It's the people around them. And, and if our players are carriers, then, you know, it's the worst thing about this illness is the asymptomatic or carriers and, and anyone they come in contact to can get it. And, and some people are just not built to handle this well
0: want to say for the entire Locked On podcast network that we stand against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the host, Jimmy and Luke, and among all the other uh, hosts in the Locked On network, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all its host donations up to an additional 10 grand. That's pretty incredible. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash black lives matter. And again, we, I want to reiterate, this is not necessarily, this is not, you can take it how You want to, it's not a political stance. This is just something that Jimmy and I and all the hosts um, we were asked by the the people who who asked us to be part of this network. They said, look, you know, nobody's forced to, would you like to donate anything? We're, you know, Hey, we'd, we'd love to have any donations. And I think every single network in the locked on network um, Every outlet decided, hey, we'll, you know, we will donate something. Now, if it it might be 20 bucks, it might be 10 bucks, it might be 100 bucks, whatever. But um, I think all of it's positive. It's not a political statement. This is just, hey, you know, this is uh, something that that there needs to be some things done. And, And so we're trying to be
1: active in it as well. Now, Racism, I mean, people can have their own opinions about the Black Lives Matter organization, People can have their own opinions about what the solutions are. But this is one thing I want to stress. Racism is not political. It's not a political thing. Racism is doesn't it's not Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. Racism is wrong. 100 percent of us should agree with this. And I believe nearly 100 percent of us do. That's the statement we're making. Racism is wrong. And we want to correct injustices uh, because black lives matter. Of course they do. Don't come back and say all lives matter. Of course, all lives matter, but right now this is what we're confronted with. This is today's issue and uh, and we stand along with all the other locked on hosts to say that black lives matter and uh, we want to correct obvious injustices because we're all created equal. It says it right there in the Constitution and uh, and that's how the Lord above made us equal
0: Jimmy um just some few odd ends here to wrap up this very quick podcast on a rainy Monday. Um, Jeff Goodman, national basketball writer for stadium. I think, Uh, I think he used to be with ESPN, but I'm not hundred percent. It's hard to keep up with who used to be with ESPN. I think you could put that by just about anybody. Pretty sure. uh, Walter Cronkite used to be with ESPN, but um, they came out with his top, 40 or top 50 teams or whatever it was. And usually we're, it's important to Alabama fans. Was it top 40 or top 50? Because if it's top 40, we're probably not in there. If it's top 50, we're probably in there. But now he could have come out with just a top eight, 18 and we'd be, make it because Alabama is number 18 in his uh, preseason power poll, And it is the highest ranked SEC team,
1: I think. That's what wow. kind of blew me away. Yeah. To be such a new team, because we're so new. The thing, the guys that are returning are good. We we sort of know what we got, but I, I, you know, it's just a tribute to to Nate bringing in guys that we. I mean, like Jordan Bruner from Yale. I mean, he's not really a wild card. When you sign a kid out of high school, you might be getting Jordan Shackelford. You might be getting, you know, someone that's not. I mean, Jaden Shackelford. You you might be getting a Shackelford. You might not be. But when you get a, a a grad transfer kind of senior. From Yale, you, you know what you're getting in Jordan Bruner. And, and adding pieces like that uh, have just changed everything for Alabama. And, and I've, I've said before, this is year two when coaches start to win. But it, it feels a little bit like year one because there's so much roster turnover and so many new kids on the floor. But like Javon Quinterly, uh, we know what we're getting. We know he's a good player. Uh, you know Bruner's a good player. And then there's the kids we return, like Shackleford, Herb Jones, Javion Davis, a uh, great role player like Alex Reese off the bench, uh, and who knows whether Petty will be back or not. But hey, I'm I'm very excited about the direction of our program under Nate. Um, you know, Nate's building. I mean, Nate's got a big house in Tuscaloosa. He's building a big pool. Is that is that? Is that probably breaking news. I shouldn't say, but I happen to know it's true.
0: <laughs> like a big <laughs> swimming a, pool
1: or a big yeah, pool they, of, a big okay. swimming pool. A big swimming pool. You know, he's got those <laughs> big girls. And, uh, and it, it, it's, uh, yeah, he's building a big old pool. What I'm saying awesome. is Nate doesn't look like he's renting. I mean, he's moved, well, He's yeah. got he 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 to have a big He lives near Nick's house. Pool.
0: Jimmy, remember we did all that uh, Navy SEAL training. I mean, he, where else are we going to do it?
1: <laughs> it's a big pool, and it's, uh, it's near Nick's house. I mean, it's a nice neighborhood, and with the big pool going in, I'm just saying Nate is not acting like a short-termer. He's acting like they're digging in and he's got his girls over American Christian uh, and they're all doing well and they like it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, for a team that hasn't won a lot of games and been in the NCAA tournament very much over the last 15 years, we sort of, is it me, or we sort of feel like we're on solid footing. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe we won't make the NC, maybe we won't make it to the sweet 16 next year. Maybe we'll bear, maybe we'll be on the bubble all year long or something again. But it feels like we we are we definitely have the right guy, and we're going in the right direction. I I feel that way more than any point than I did under Avery, where we did have a special season under Avery, and and under Grant, who who proved that you know Grant's a good coach. Didn't work out at Alabama, but he's good. And uh, but I I feel even better about Nate right now than I did at any point about Avery and Grant.
0: Let Let me switch gears too, really quickly. Um, Randomly, the other day. I, I was driving to go pick up some more of my kids. You know, that's what I do every weekend is I go pick up a kid somewhere. Um, and uh, th- there was a – I think it was this week in the Pac-12 or something was on the College U channel for a XM. And they had this lady named Rachel, the doc – it's Bitcofer or B-I-T-E-C-O-F-E-R. I have no idea how to say that. Bitcofer? Bitcofer? I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. She's called the election. She's called the election whisperer because she sort of she's big into politics and she sort of knows you know what's up and blah blah blah. The reason they had her on though was because um, they were talking about all the you know social injustice stuff, a couple of things, and but she's also a graduate of Oregon, and so they got at towards the end, and this was so Pac-12. What a Pac-12 thing this was the host said, okay, so what do we do? We've talked about all the social injustices and how, you know, it's unfair about this, unfair about that. But why, let's talk about recruiting injustices. Like how is it fair that Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, and Georgia, and Oklahoma get all the good players? And she goes, well, that's something we need to address. Number one, I was thinking, okay, you're from Oregon. You got Kayvon Thibodeau. A couple of years ago, you've had massive recruiting wins here just the last couple of years. So, so go ahead and th- throw that shit in the water. But that yeah. it automatically discounted the rest of her argument, which I'm sure she's brilliant politically college football wise. She wasn't so much, but she said, um, yeah, we need to come up with a way to make all this more equitable that you, we can spread the wealth around. And I found that hilarious, Jimmy, because the whole time she had been talking about personal freedom and personal choice. And I was thinking, Myself, you know, self. If if somebody wants to go to Alabama, and some the political whisperer from Oregon doesn't like that and thinks, you know what, Oregon State doesn't have enough good players. So, Kool Aid McKinstry, you have to go to Oregon State. That's bullshit. That's that's part of recruiting. Let me tell you, what else is an injustice that Florida and Texas and Georgia and California have most of the good players. If you took those four states out, the rest of us are fighting for scraps. I mean, I love, the state of Alabama is awesome in, in terms of putting out talent per capita, but in terms of volume, Florida and California right. and Texas and Georgia are where it's at, man. And I mean, where the hell does she get off with this bullshit? I mean, I just, well, I, it, it irritates people me to have, no end.
1: They, oh yeah, they have all these arguments that are all, they all contradict themselves. Their Their arguments are so absurd. And like that one, I mean, for one thing, I know people want to just talk about it's big business, it's big business. It's not college. No, it is college. These kids go to college. If, if Kool-Aid McKinstry is drafted by Alabama, what if Kool-Aid's like, um, I actually, if I'm not a football player, I want to be a pharmacist and yeah. Auburn is where the pharmacists go. That's <laughs> he, should, he, can, he can't draft kid into colleges, which may not even offer the kids major. And it's, it's school, it is college. And here's my other thing, and it, it just leads from one rant to another, but this is the one that really pisses me off. A big political issue these days is that the far left brings up, and I'm, I'm not a fan of the far left, people will be surprised to hear when I say that, but no, I actually don't like the far left. But the far left will tell you that we need to forgive all this college debt and that college should be free. And the reason that they say this is because college is enormously expensive. Okay, so that's their thing. I don't disagree with the fact that college is enormously expensive. Let's remember that, because the other point they make about college football in general is the kids should be paid. We don't pay them. That's bullshit. We're paying them an enormously valuable scholarship that you just said 10 minutes ago. Normal people can't afford. You just said 10 minutes ago. Normal people can't afford to go to college. And then 10 minutes later, you say we should pay the players because they don't get anything for all this money they raise. That's bullshit. You just realized they're all getting hundred thousand dollar educations, all of them. No,
0: and I totally agree there, but I just found it so on brand that the Pac twelve is now finding a new way to bitch. Like they found a completely new
1: way to bitch.
0: And is here's Oregon going to give part. up
1: some of this talent to Washington State? Washington State doesn't have exactly. any players. Oregon, you got to give ten of your players to Washington State. They don't have enough players. If if.
0: Let's the Pac-12 wants to go all communism, that's fine. Let them, you know, say let, let's let Oregon State pick out who they want from USC or whatever they want to do. That's fine. Um,
1: but you know, the other thing that bothered me draft is draft like, kids into college. What if a kid's like what if a kid from Alabama gets drafted by Penn State? His parents can't go what, see him play football. Exactly. That's, that's what, what I'm so saying stupid. and then
0: is so dumb that I I I think she at, by the end of the interview, she had talked so much about it that I think she realized because towards the end she was sort of tailing off like, yeah, so anyway, it is kind of inequitable, but it does get into a matter of personal choice and freedom. And so and they were like, yeah, yeah, okay, well let's move on. And I was thinking, <laughs> that's the whole thing. That's that's not and and not only that, see, it's not like you could say, well, what if we pay them and then draft them? Okay, number one, that's stupid too, because what if you're in Miami, Florida, you're the number one player in the country and the University of Washington drafts you. I mean you again your family can't go it, 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 if you're getting paid 5 grand a year or 10 grand a year 30 grand a year doesn't make a shit because they're not going to be able to go um, and you're 18 to 22 years old most of these people most of these kids haven't left their counties or their cities, maybe even their neighborhoods, much less gone across the country. Now, when you're 22 or 23 and you get drafted in the NFL and somebody's saying, here's $28 million, your family can go wherever the hell you want them to go. And you're older and you're smarter. That's why it was just so on point for the Pac-12. We can't
1: let, as football fans, we can't let outsiders change the rules. They don't understand. They don't understand. They think we're all ogres, that we're all win first. We use these kids and stuff. Actually, we care more about these kids than you do. You know, we really do. And we want what's best for them. And I can tell you this, every kid's situation is different. And I do believe the players do need a stipend of cash, which, by the way, they all get man, it's they another it. thing you yeah. just We we started giving these kids money two or three years ago. We get all of them get cash now. Every single player that plays football in this country gets cash from their school every month. It's called the cost of attendance. People bitched and bitched and bitched until they got cost of attendance. Now they all get cash. And you know what? People don't know that and they don't care. They're still no, no, no. They need salaries. That's right. They're not gonna be happy. Even though we realize because of the pandemic half of these colleges are going to go into business and they think these colleges can afford to put 85 players on salary when they're already paying almost a hundred thousand dollars per kid for well, the educations? other thing I should, that's
0: the but that's the other part of this to me jimmy is um she she's like yeah it's just it, it doesn't seem right that somebody should just go to alabama and sit on the bench i was like number one lady uh, if you're good enough as a freshman, Alabama plays you. That's been point proven. You can just forget it and write it down. Go ahead and and put that argument with that other shit you've laid out there. Now, the other side of it is, you know, they're just inherent advantages and disadvantages. Guess what? Utah's ski team would beat Alabama's ski team's ass every time they play. It's just not as popular to watch. That's the, You know why? Utah's got snow and mountains and shit. We got Mentone. That's what we got. We got Mintone. That's all we got. We're making our own snow over here, lady. We don't know what else to do. So, I mean, yeah, we can't do what y'all do in snow skiing. Y'all can't do what we do in football. Deal with it.
1: They, they, anyway. though they almost do. They're somehow pretty good. And, 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 you know, Oregon's quarterback this year is very likely to be a transfer from Boston College. Right. I, mean, I, I don't know what that specifically means to this argument, but it seems to mean something. I mean, Oregon's. Well, no, signs I, I think form. what is. They sign players from all means, over the country. What
0: it means, Jimmy, is while she's over here talking about, well, you know, you're going to sit on the bench at Alabama. Guess what? When people start sitting on the bench like a Chadarius Townsend, they transfer. They go to Texas Tech. It works out great because we have these new back, rules now.
1: Yeah, a defensive back out. from Spanish, a defensive back from Spanish Fort just two years ago was a B-list guy for Alabama. We lost out on some DBs we wanted last minute. We call him. We offer him. We try to at the last minute. And he goes, you know what? Alabama is my dream school, but it wouldn't be fair because I committed to this other school two months ago. They've been with me the whole way. So I'm sorry, Alabama. I'm not going to play there. I'm going to stick with my commitment. Guess where he went? Oregon. DJ James. He's a DB from Spanish Ford. He plays for Oregon. So Oregon gets good players from all over the United States because they're a really good program. And I would find this argument. One more percent interesting if she was from Washington state who literally gets no players because they just will never get players because they're in Pullman, Washington, but, but Oregon, Oregon who's recruiting at a top five, top 10 level should not be uh, making this argument. They're doing just fine.
0: I agree. All right. Well that's going to wrap us up for this episode of locked on Bama. Want to thank built bar once again. And Jimmy roll tide.
1: Roll tide.